Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. All right, you guys, I'm so excited for the guest we have on today. Melissa originally got on my radar because she was actually a teacher for a program that a client of mine was launching. Uh, Melissa, that's BizWoo School, if you remember that. And uh, I have, Melissa and I have teamed up and done a couple of development projects together. And it actually all started with a sales page. And when I saw the sales page she designed, first of all, first of all, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the longest page I've ever developed in my life. (laughs) But second, I was like, I got an idea of like just how strategic she is. And I also got a little bit of a peek at how much she she supports her clients and making sure they get good results that they're happy with the process and everything. So I knew since then that she's been someone that we could all learn a ton from. And we are going to get a look at what her business has looked like up to this point. But right now she's an award-winning designer and creative director who helps well-known thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and personality brands create the best websites in their industry. She also mentors freelance web designers who want to grow six-figure businesses. So today we are going to talk with Melissa about design and terms of sales pages and conversion specifically. Welcome, Melissa. We are so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hey, Krista. Hey, Corey. I'm grateful to be here and say hi to your community of designers. Yes, I feel like you are going to have a lot of good nuggets for everyone listening. But before we dive into all of our good questions for you, um, how about you just tell us about yourself? So how did you get your design business started? And maybe a little bit about what your journey has looked like up until now. Yeah, so I was, um, I went to design school and was pleasantly surprised with the person we were talking about before this who got into the accident, the teenager (laughs) on the freeway. And so at the time, I was a freshman in college and I still graduated with honors, but um, at, at that time in my life, I had gotten married to my son's father and we had our second baby the year after that. And I didn't honestly want to be working eight to five and then some with one whole week's vacation for like a salary of $31,000 when I was making a little bit more than that, working part-time hours whenever I wanted for the job that I currently had that wasn't in the field. So I actually turned down the, uh, the offer that I interviewed for because I was actually pregnant at the time and like, again, eight to five and then some with a baby, like <laughs> for some people that works, but for me, it wasn't going to. So I was getting the creative itch, you know, cause I had been there by that time, by the time I started my business about almost 10 years and there was no marketing department. There was no creative department. There was nowhere really for me to go besides being the quote unquote assistant to the manager of the billing department. But the flexibility is what made me stay. And that was back in 2010, 2005. And that was pretty much unheard of, you know, at that time. So 
Um, I basically created some business cards because I could write and I could design. So I basically would go out to local networking events and meet anyone that I possibly could and do work for free and do work for whoever would pay me. And I started out charging $20 an hour. So I can tell you that I bought people lunch. I bought people dinner. I bought people drinks. I don't even drink. And I just in, in hopes that it would lead to something. Um, I was very eager. I was very driven. I'm still eager and I'm still driven, but it's just in a different way now. And um, about 10 or 11 months into it, I found a local gig for a local business and I still do um, work for them. That was basically steady income. So technically it's what you would call a retainer. And I do all sorts of things for them, not just design, but that was kind of the leap I needed or the consistency I needed in my business to help me quit my job. Because even though I was making money, like I still had to buy the, you know, Adobe programs and I had to buy a laptop and, you know, it takes gas to get to all of those things and time. <laughs> so I, w I didn't even necessarily make any money my first year. And after that, I continued to do the networking because that was working. So I would land... I landed about five or six local clients that gave me steady work where I charged them by the hour. And again, I didn't know that it's better to charge by project in my world. So I was, but again, I was, I had enough work to keep me busy and work part-time mom hours, which is what I wanted to do along with the other local gig I had. So in 2012, um, I started to get on the radar of right Marie Forleo was on my radar like I had heard of her and then I started to follow Amy Porterfield and Elizabeth Dialto and all of these amazing online entrepreneurs who back then there weren't like a flood of them there were you know a couple of them that were really the quote unquote big names in the industry and I like followed everything that they did. The next year I bought B-School. I went to a mastermind in California. Um, Elizabeth D'Alto was there. James Wedmore was there. Subi Zimmerman was there. And basically I had grown so much and everyone was like, join B-School, you'll get so much work. That didn't happen for me because I wasn't necessarily active in that Facebook group. And all of the people who I can tell you were active in that Facebook group are very successful now. And that was a mistake I made early on. But somehow through chance, you know, and taking programs with Amy and buying B-School, I landed a gig working on the first sales page, not on the first sales page, but my first sales page project was for a program called FB Influence that was Amy's first signature Facebook program. And I got that gig and through referrals, I was able to start working with those people that I was following as their fan specifically on their sales pages. And then from there, I learned that I am a good project manager. I realized that not everybody wants to plan their uh, entire life on a Friday night. I know Krista, you and I can really relate on this because my husband like wants to chill and have a beer and I think he's crazy and he thinks I'm nuts. And so, um, but it's just who I am and how I naturally manage things. And since I never technically worked in a corporate environment, I didn't know that that was a talent. And now I understand that about myself as a designer. So I was managing launches and doing sales pages and membership sites and really whatever people needed in a, in a pretty consistent basis. And this was all with no website. No, I didn't have a sales page for my sales page service. Um, I think until like two years into my business. Two years into two years into doing sales pages, excuse me, and from there, um, I wanted to transition and kind of start branching out on my own. So 
I was still working with those big name clients, but I started um, doing webinars for to teach people about sales page design and to teach people about branding. And they completely flopped. No one showed up. The Facebook ads didn't convert. And my friend who's a Facebook ads expert, she was like, you should do a mastermind for designers. And I was like, okay. So she helped me with the Facebook ad. The Facebook ad still converts to this day, like two years, not almost or almost two years later. And so I've been mentoring graphic designers through paid programs, through a free community. And it's been really fun because all the things we learn in design school, we don't learn, you know, the business side, how to deal with crazy clients, what to do when someone doesn't pay you. How do you charge someone? How do you collaborate with other creatives? What's your strength as a designer when there are so many of us out there? And I, luckily my students, um, really free in the free and paid capacity have gotten great results. And so this year I started a podcast called the design business show, which is probably really similar to this one. And so I'm grateful to be here and I interview great designers and I do solo episodes, just really helping people share their journey because I think it's important for us to shine and talk about these things that weren't taught in design school and make it easy for people to move forward in their business. So does that, was that too long? Holy cow. No, that was amazing. And like towards the beginning when you were talking about the ways you were getting those first clients, like you had business cards and you were going to marketing events. I was just thinking like how different that is than, you oh. know, what most of the people who are probably listening to this had to do to get started. Yeah. Um, like the old school way, kind of. Yeah. And I honestly, I w- I'm, I'm a very naive person and I don't know if this is good or bad, but at that point it was good because I would just go in there believing that everyone would be nice. And then I would meet someone and they'll be like, yeah, no, don't talk to them. And like, I even just met with like a local agency owner who who actually does really phenomenal work. He's won several awards and I met with him over Christmas break and I never heard back. He's like, yeah, I'd love to work with you. And I never heard back from him. And I went to a networking event recently of they're like, oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And so I was very eager. I was very driven. And that led to also meeting people who would invite me to their agency, let me tour it, give me a book signed by a celebrity, put their, you know, Larry King mastermind on mute and then sign a contract and then never hire me. So, um, I think that the old school way works. And when I'm teaching designers, I don't actually tell them to do, and I don't really incur, I don't, give them the strategy of doing things online. I'm like, you don't need an email list. You don't need a website. I mean, we can create websites, most of us, but you just need a list and you need to continually be doing outreach to that list to get work. And if you're not outreaching to, if if the 20 people you reach out to originally say no, go after 20 more. And that's really what I teach because it worked for me. And it just, it makes it takes the headache out of the funnel and cause you know, back again, back then no one was teaching funnels. It wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't even really a thing or if it was, it wasn't on my radar. So yeah, it, it worked for me and I kept doing that until I started working with the clients online. And that really happened through Facebook, not by me even trying. And, um, here we are today. Yeah, I think that is incredible and such a good point. And something else that I feel like I could do a whole podcast episode just myself talking um, about is exactly what you said on there, that there are so many things in design school that 
they don't teach you and prepare you to kind of have your own business. I feel that in my soul. Um, and I won't get on a soapbox rant, but I think that's really amazing that you are, um, especially helping designers with those things because, um, even I myself have encountered so many people and experienced it on my own when I was first getting started, that there are so, so many things that go into working with clients that, um, your college professors are not even thinking about teaching you. So mad props that you're, you're helping people with that. Let's have a soapbox about that. Um, I have (laughs) the the teenage son that keeps, I keep bringing up, he's like sleeping in the room next door to me because I didn't send him to school with the bad weather. Um, but he's taking college level design classes in high school right now. And I'm like very leery about even sending him not even sending him to college because he's obviously going to make his own choices and he's got to make that happen for himself. But, um, you know, we're really trained to go and be designers and work in the career field. There needs to be a separate entrepreneur track. I mean, I will teach this. If there's a college out there that wants me to come in and virtually <laughs> talk to their, their students about this or create a kit, like I will do it because it's really, um, confidence is a big thing too. Like I didn't understand the project management I didn't understand that I had a project management brain. It's really why I understand. Now I understand like why my family is so annoyed at all my questions. And I just, I just like to understand (laughs) how things work, but no, I, I completely agree with you. And that's really what I say. Like I teach you all the things that you didn't learn in college. This is all so good. You guys, we haven't even got to the actual questions (laughs) and there has been so much good stuff already. (laughs) So I guess I should, I'll just try to get us started on those. I, I kind of think maybe we will make them through it all, but that's good because we are getting <laughs> so much good stuff here. I, I'm just really excited right now. But Melissa, something that makes you stand out to me, at least, it, you know, apart from all the other designers out there, is that you focus on conversions. Uh, and I'm curious to hear a little about what made you realize you could help business owners in that way, like a more conversion focused way mm-hmm. and how you got started doing it. I'm, I'd imagine that there was some extra learning involved or maybe some more experimenting or studying you did uh, on your part, kind of apart from what is taught in school or kind of in general online. Um, I don't know that I'm going to have the dreamified answer that you're going to want, but I really just got started by um, by doing them. So Mm -hmm. like I mentioned, the first sales page project I did was for Amy Porterfield's course, FB influence. And if you know anybody who had a business back in 2011 and they were anywhere in the online circles, they would, they would have heard of this program. And, um, that was my first one. And then a couple of months later, I got brought on by James Wedmore to work on his sales pages. So I, you could probably say Mm -hmm. I learned a lot of what I know about sales pages from James because I was working and managing his design team while he would write the copy and then come back and bring the changes. And I would make sure things happen. I would provide my own feedback, obviously, before I would bring it back to James. And from there, I mean, I did like the first 90 day year sales page I did, I've done sales pages for Amy herself. I've done them for James and really it's just on the job training because I was learning from people who have actually launched and converted. Yeah. You were learning from the marketing people. Yeah. So I'm learning from them just behind the scenes of what's going on in their business. And, 
you know, from a design perspective, like they've got the con like, and I think that really a lot of people have a better visual eye than they really think that they do. Cause if you look at something, you can tell that it's out of place. Like when I go to search for like, this is so silly, but like when I go to search on my, the court website for the state of Iowa, um, <laughs> it drives me crazy. Cause they want you to log in and the search buttons like way floating off under the right. And it shouldn't be there. They should be right next to each other. Very big and bold, but it's very <laughs> small and you can't see that. But anyone who is a user on that website is going to be able to go on there and get frustrated about the same thing. I just got frustrated at because it's not set up to flow. It's not set up to invite people to take action. Now, this is me just being nosy and searching on the Iowa courts website, but it's the same thing when it comes to your sales pages. And I guess I wasn't typically working on websites. I was working on sales pages. And what I can tell you about working with them is that they invested in sales pages before they really invested in their brand because they're spending so much time launching and, you know, getting customers and doing webinars and doing video series and, just really honing down on their offers. And I found that most of the people who were in that realm were more interested in spending money. There was more demand for sales page work because they were always launching than there was really for any other type of design work, which is why I kind of stopped doing anything but sales pages for a really long time. So I would say if you're a designer and you're hearing this term conversion design and you're intimidated my advice to you would really just be to look at the page from the perspective of a user. Pretend like it's a product that your son or daughter or your mom or dad or someone would be interested in. Like what on this page would convince them to buy it, including the copy versus or in the design versus what would make it harder for them to click away. Like, you want the user to read the whole entire page. You want the buttons to be easy to find. You want to make sure that the page flows. You want to make sure also that the offer is clear because if you want people to convert, you have to have an offer that's clear. And I worked on a project in 2016 with someone who had actually outsourced her copy to a copywriter who was known for sales page design or sales page copy. And literally the night before we were, and you guys are going to have a heart attack when you hear this, but when <laughs> not a heart attack, but you're going to, you're going to flab probably gasp. That's a little less dramatic. Uh, the night before I was supposed to turn over the final PSD files, I had to have like a heart to heart with my client and be like, look, like this sales page is beautiful. I'm really proud of what we've created for you. This copy is not clear. This offer is not clear. I don't understand what I get when I'm, when I'm buying from you. So honestly, you have to take a look at the bigger picture and be able to look at the details regarding the offer, how it's delivered, who it's for and how the whole page page flows together. Does it look good online? Is it responsive? Is it mobile ready? Um, one thing I love about working with Krista is that she does all the, those quality checks I don't have to worry about. I've worked with other developers who are also brilliant people. They don't have that eye for detail and eye for design that Krista does. So it always makes me want to veer back and work with her because she makes my life 10 times easier. I didn't even know that people like her existed, but it's <laughs> all of these things. I know that that was a really long-winded answer. Sorry. But all of these things really make sense. So on that project, she completely agreed with me. She rehauled the copy um, the day before, and we had to push it back, like, I think an extra 12 or 24 hours. But had I, I wouldn't feel good about myself moving forward on this page that she's paid very good money for, because I'm not a very cheap investment, if it wouldn't have 
you know, helped her get any money. That makes sense. Yeah. And I love that you're pointing out here that, you know, you guys as designers can do the most beautiful, like strategic design there is, but if it's crappy copy or not a clear offer, it doesn't matter how perfect the design is. Yeah. And that's also one thing, like when I screen clients, I've got a very detailed form on my sales page and it's live. I actually teach this when I talk to my, the people in my community and everyone, anyone's welcome to go see it. Krista has a very um, great one as well. And I'm sure Corey does too. I just haven't seen Corey, (laughs) but it's a very, it's like 14 questions about their project. And it's not just like, Oh, what's your favorite color? What is your mood? Like, like I'm talking about when is their launch? Who's on their team? How much money have they made from this program? And um, you know, one thing about that is I, by knowing like what their annual goal is, I can already tell if they're an ideal fit or if they're not an ideal fit. And that doesn't mean I like I'm excluding anyone from my services. It's that a sales page is a big project. It's not a small undertaking. People think, you know, it's really simple. And even the shorter sales pages, you would be surprised to know that those sales page you and I did, Krista was technically a shorter sales page, although the copywriter, oh, but okay. So here's, here's what happens though. And this is another thing we can talk about, but I, I ended up creating two offers. So I have basically a long form sales page and I have a super long form sales page. And one of them is called the opener. It's the shorter one. I use my outline, but if the client already has a copywriter, I basically limit, limit that to 3,500 ish words or less. Well, that was a situation where the copywriter like brought me the sales page copy with like 4,000 words without testimonials. So I had to just kind of deal with it. So technically that was a shorter one, but if someone, you know, or you come across a prospective client and they've just launched, or maybe they've launched their program two or three times, Um, you know, that wouldn't be a sales page that I would want to take on because I don't do the development myself. I don't do the copy myself. I oversee the whole entire thing. I make sure that the whole thing works and my, my creative and directive eye is on the whole thing, but there are other people who are better at development and copy than me. And that's who I want to bring into your project. So there may be someone who can maybe doesn't charge as much as I do, but they're still as great of a designer and they're still learning who can do your sales page for you or for your, the client. And um, that's kind of a really great measuring, measuring, measuring point for me to know whether or not someone in, will be a good fit or not, you know? Yeah. I think that is all really such good points. And I think you dove into something really great about asking all of those great questions to make sure that someone's an ideal client. Cause that's something We have talked about several times um, here on the podcast. So I'm curious if, because you kind of talked about your process and things that are really important to the sales page. So I'm curious if you feel like those things and the kind of process that you're taking there with your clients carry over to when you're creating more of a conversion focused website. Cause I know a lot of our listeners are interested in designing websites. They're not necessarily just sales page uh, designers and they want to create something that's still very effective for their clients. And, uh, so yeah, I'm curious if you think that, uh, carries over. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because what do we want someone to do when they visit our website? We want them to be inspired. We want them to take action. We want them to opt in for our newsletter list. We want them to buy our books. And I can use the example of the project that Krista and I worked on um, over the summer. It was a really 
fun project that I didn't even mean to have. It was an old client who was one of the local ones I had back in the day when I was still, you know, charging $50 an hour for production work. And we ended up creating a whole entire brand. We did a photo shoot. And before we even got started, like, I know her. She's got two boys who are competitive athletes. I have two boys that are competitive athletes. And so I understand the nature. She's certified in like all kinds of different things as far as coaching high school kids, you know, nutrition, fitness. And she's got the, you know, the, the, the little sticker from IIN. I don't know what it's called, but she, you know, her, she wrote this book called functional core, um, soccer, functional core exercises for soccer or something like that. So really her goal was not to necessarily, um, train kids and get kids as, you know, clients because she does train her own kids and a lot of their friends and a lot of the teams she knows, but really just to educate people about like the, the, the negative impact of just doing one sport. And she really just wanted to educate people and sell her books. So she's got one book that's already out there and she's producing four more. So when we created her website, you know, she had no email marketing. She had no, I mean, she had, she was using constant contact for another brand. So we literally went in and we started from the bottom. Like we did colors, we did logos, we did, um, the interest, like what is, what is the end game for her website? We did the photo shoot. We planned, you know, how many kids were, there were 12 tween age kids at a photo shoot. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, there were 12 kids. Um, but it, at the end of the day, like we wanted a really diverse representation of all genders, all sports, all races. And we found this really great photographer who helped us portray that. And those images were used really, um, I think the way that we did the navigation on the category page of that website was clever because we're getting people to stay engaged on the site. We're not necessarily, you know, she's not saying buy my membership program now. She'll probably create one down the road, but right now she's publishing all her books and she's using online marketing strategies and she's getting her, make sure, making sure things are GDPR friendly and doing all of these different things so that she can gear people towards her books and educate them. So really like what's the core fundamental thing that your client wants? I mean, if you're not willing to get in there and show them how to do MailChimp or ConvertKit, there's probably another designer out there who will. And that doesn't mean that you have to do that. Like obviously like when I did um, James Wedmore's Mind Your Business podcast website, I wasn't helping him set up his Infusionsoft. It was already done. But we helped, I helped strategize a lot with the navigation of that website because what do you want your user to do? Like, what's the end game here? Obviously, we all want more customers, but what's that journey going to be like on the website? So I think as designers, we have to really go beyond actually. What's funny is that you mentioned um, BizWoo School is that Lexley D'Angelo's podcast interview went live today on my podcast. And we talked about that basically being designing pretty things like isn't really going to cut it in, anymore like it will but for with everything going online and not everything there's still a very big market for print you have to kind of really understand the entire customer journey before you can design something for a client and have it be successful if that makes sense yeah and would you say that's like the most important part for people wanting to get started with designing for conversions is just paying attention to that end game I mean, really, it's really about the customer journey and what's the end point here. So for mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't clear with my answer, but for Kristen, 
she is, you know, someone who has all of these ideas and points of views about youth athletes and sports and coaching and what parents can do. Cause you don't just have like the, the youth athletes, you have their parents, you have their coaches, you have people who own organize own organizations. So there's all these different audiences. How are you going to create content? How are you going to create a website that really speaks to all of the different people that you have? Like I mentor designers, but I also do creative direction and sales page design. My website should really be more clear about who I am, how I help them and what I want them to do. Right now it's not doing that and it's in the process of being fixed, but um, at the end of the day, that's really what you want. My sales page is very clear. This is what you get, this is what's included, this is who I am, this is who I've worked with. If you're interested, inquire. I'm not just taking your money, you know, unless we've <laughs> talked first. Does that make, does that help? Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And it kind of actually leads straight into our next question, which is, do you have any tips for our listeners of tweaks that they can make to their own sales pages um, for their services or their products if they have those um, so they, they can hear yes more often from their potential clients? I have several tips, but I'll try to keep them short and sweet because I keep, feel like I keep giving you too long of answers. Okay, no, they're amazing. They yes, really are. Oh, good. Don't, don't, you don't have to be so nice to me, really. It's okay. okay. So the first thing is, um, I mean, it kind of goes back to the customer journey. Like, who are you? How do you help people? And what's the end result of what they're going to do? Like, those are the three things that your sales page obviously should really, those are the first things you need to look at when it comes to your sales page. Number one, number two, when you're designing your sales page, this I believe should be a standalone page so you can link it from your website. But when I click over, like make that page open up in a new tab, not a new window. Cause I don't think people use new windows anymore. Make it open in a new tab and take away the navigational menu. If I'm going to be on an offer page for someone like Amy Porterfield, I don't see her YouTube channel. I don't see her Instagram feed. I don't see even her podcast or her website. There may be a reference that she has a podcast with over how many episodes and how many downloads just for credibility for someone who's never heard of her. But we, you want to make it very clear who you help, how you help them, what the end result is, and really what's included in the offer. And then if you want to get more detailed, I would really encourage you to talk about your previous customers. Like on my sales page, I have a customer who, or a, a designer who I worked with, and she went from making $100 last month, last June in her business to closing $16,000 in sales in 90 days after she finished my program. That's a really cool testimonial. You want to feature testimonials that showcase the results that your clients get and not just the ones that say, Corey and Krista are so awesome. Okay, well, how can they help me? Like, yeah, it's great that you like them and maybe you even like their shoes, but how <laughs> are you going to help me? So I would also say in using testimonials, and this isn't even necessarily design related. This is more content focused, but using testimonials that also help people overcome objections. So someone that says, you know, I was really hesitant to invest because I haven't ever hired a coach before. But once I hit that button, I made my money back in the very next week because uh, Melissa held me accountable and made sure that I didn't stop taking action until I closed those sales. So really it's about talking to them because you guys, I think you guys as designers, you can make things look 
great. You guys can make them flow really well. So I want to speak more to the content phase of this and the whole journey and making sure that it's very easy for people to know where to click to find out, to, to, to buy more. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that uh, testimonials point because I 100% saw, started seeing better conversion rates on my sales pages after I like, like you said, stopped putting testimonials up that were like, Krista was really fun to work with. Like, no, that means nothing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just have short little blurbs that say something like, you got this done in 10 minutes. This would have taken me hours. Like, that's the kind of stuff people want to yeah. hear is those results. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I think it's something a lot of people overlook and maybe a lot of something a lot of designers haven't heard before. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and kind of on a similar note, like tips for the people listening, um, for anyone who wants to do more conversion focused design, where do you think is the best place for them to start, you know, getting their feet wet or learning more about that? Um, so, and this is, this is, a, am going to give you like a short answer. So what I would do, what I like to teach designers is to create something called a beta offer. So. If you say, if you want to start calling yourself a conversion designer, what do you have to do? You have to actually start doing projects where the goal is conversion. So maybe you want to take on a sales page project. Maybe you want to do someone's website and help them make more money. Or maybe you're already really good at this. Um, I would offer your first ones at a discount. So let's say you charge, and I'm just making these numbers up. So what you charge is what you charge, and this is not necessarily... Um, related to that. So let's say you're going to charge $5,000 for a website. Maybe you do the first one for $3,500. And again, I still think that's a really low price for a website, but I know that there's people out there who probably charge less than that. And go through the whole entire process, nail down your systems, figure out where the, you know, the, the hiccups along the way are, and then continually continue to, to monitor this client. Like how much success has this client had? Um, when I worked with Kristen, actually re, she rewrote her book when I worked with her because uh-huh. I, I went through it. And again, I'm, I'm no editor. I'm no copy person, but I have a background and I understand. I'm like, this is how you can make this even easier. We redesigned the cover and she re, she completely rewrote the book. And she's going to use that entire format now for all of her books. So I can say like she went from selling X number of books to implementing all of my marketing strategies and using Facebook ads and Instagram. And now she's selling X number of books per month. So what are the kinds of results that you can help your clients get? And just really keep track of those. And I would really just set a goal to get three new clients and go through this whole entire journey with them. And maybe it's not a website. Maybe you take on your first sales page. There are so many people out there launching and who have online offers now, and there's going to be so many more people. There's a huge need for it. And not a lot of people specialize in sales page design. And a lot of them are looking for people who aren't necessarily charging what I'm charging. So there's definitely a market for this. So just really put your big girl or boy or whatever you identify as pants on and get out there and just start trying it honestly yeah I think that is so important at the end of the day you just have to get out there and do it and kind of like what you experienced you just kind of learn more as the more projects kind of roll in and you work on them so 
Um, yeah. And yeah. another one more thing that designers can do is they can actually apprentice under someone. One of my students actually went from my first quote unquote beta mastermind. She now does production design work for me. And she helped me a lot on the last project I worked with, with Krista on. And she was a lifesaver because she's faster at Photoshop than me, but she learned a ton by doing that. So maybe you could find someone who's a sales page designer or find someone who specializes in conversion design and say, Hey, can I work from you by an out by the hour? Or can I help you? And you could really learn a lot from someone who's already doing those types of projects and learn their process and then apply that to your own business. I think that's a really good point too. And, um, actually if you're listening to this and you are like, yes, I really want to do that. There are so many, um, designers that are on my radar that are looking for junior designers to kind of take on and help them with their work. So I know there are tons of people out there that you would be able to find someone to, um, help kind of apprentice in that way and learn even more and improve your process for your own clients. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's too about looking at who has a business model that you want to mimic. For sure. Like this person may be a great designer, but maybe they're not very nice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, that's a great point too. So just kind of leading into our, um, our last question here, we know that, When this episode goes live, your 90-day accelerator will have just opened up. So I would love to hear you share a little bit more about that um, and where our listeners can go to learn more about you and just keep up with you online. Yeah, awesome. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me here. It's really been an honor. And I know that you guys are brilliant at what you do. So I'm excited to just join the conversation with you guys. Um, So my 90 day accelerator was originally launched as a beta course. So even I keep telling people to do beta programs, and I've done so many myself that I turn it was going to be a course and I had eight live coaching calls and just like I taught the content live. And we did hot seats and stuff like that. But then I decided, you know, people get the most impact when I'm literally on the phone with them, when we are on these group calls together. So I turned that content and I turned it into a 90 day accelerator. And the way that we structure it, it's really different because there's, you know, two to three calls a month where the training, some of the trainings live, some of it's delivered inside of a course, but on each call we do hot seats. And we do what I love the most almost is design critiques. So you know how in design school you did design critiques and you could like share them with the whole class. And that was like a part of your process for learning how to be a designer. Well, you don't really get to do that anymore. So if someone's redesigning their website or if someone's working on a client project or they want us to like look at their new freebie, like we're there to listen. So it's a very collaborative group of people. Um, Chelsea, who I mentioned before, went from $100 in one month to um, making 16K in sales in, uh, you know, in three months, when she had made literally not that much the month before. She listened to what I said, and I gave her solutions. It's a very supportive environment. And the content is designed to give you the structure you need for all of those things you didn't learn in business. And I'm actually re- I'm revamping it this time to have more of a focus on mindset and sales so that you can hit those first 10K months that, you know, you've always dreamed of hitting. And the cart opens on Monday, February 25th, and it closes on Friday, March 1st. So if you want to find out more about that, um, we, again, we cover systems and mindset 
and sales and sales page design and all kinds of social media, all kinds of other things that you could learn. And you can go to from designer to director.com backslash accelerator. Um, you can check out my podcast for designers called the design business show. Um, Chris is going to be on there later this month and Corey, I need to get you on there, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, and then that's the designbusinessshow.com. And my regular website is just melissaberkheimer.com. Thank you so much for being on here, Melissa. And just all of these nuggets of goodness you have dropped in here. Like we got so much more out of this than I expected with the questions that I had written up. And you're amazing. You're a genius. People can learn so much from you. And we're so thankful to have you on here. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design. Oh,